What's up, guys? Welcome back to the OT Helpline, the podcast all about teaching occupational therapy graduates on how to prepare for the OT board exam and providing emotional support for those struggling to pass it. Today, we have a special guest who will talk about her experience with the exam and provide advice to those preparing for it. It is a great pleasure to introduce you to Casey. Welcome to the OT Helpline podcast. Thank you, Alex, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. Yeah, it's great to have you too. So I want to begin talking about a little bit about you and give us a little story about what led you to the OT field in the first place. Oh, definitely. So my journey first started when I was a junior in high school. One of my uncles, who was a second father figure to me, he had a stroke and he had a global aphasia and was paralyzed. So it really impacted him and my family very much. And from there, I kind of helped with caregiving for him and helped my mom take him to his therapy sessions. And I appreciated how creative occupational therapists utilize their skill set and how holistic it was and just seeing the smile and joy on a person's face when they get back to doing the things they love just really hit home for me and living life to the fullest. And I always say till this day that that event in my life is both a blessing and a curse in a way because that was really unfortunate about what happened to my uncle. However, it was a blessing in disguise that I kind of found my my calling in a way and something I'm so passionate about. Just fall in love with this profession every day. Yeah. Did you know what OT was when your uncle had the stroke? No, absolutely not. I didn't know what it was. I've heard of it from other people before in my education, but I didn't know till that moment what it truly was. I see. Yeah, most people don't, as you probably yeah. know. Well, I wanted to kind of hear a little bit about your story with this exam. And let me begin with asking you, what did you feel like was very difficult about this exam? I think in general, just sticking to a schedule and routine, because there's just so many resources out there and finding like what resources work for you. It was difficult to find what is most efficient for my learning style and, you know, dealing with the mental health and the emotional health piece. It was just a total roller coaster. But yeah, also the comparison piece to like not comparing yourself to other people and what the page says or what your classmates are doing. It's very difficult. And that, again, did impact my mental health and I'm sure is impacting a lot of people. So I hope to utilize my experience as hopefully an inspiration. And I really do hope this helps others in getting through this experience and just encouraging everyone like you can get through this, you know. Absolutely. What what did you do to kind of not really kind of compare yourself? Because I know like for me, I you know, social media was a big thing and I would constantly be checking on it. But yes, what did you do differently or or, or what kind of advice would you give others who kind of compare, do compare themselves to other students in their class or just or other students in general? Definitely. My number one tip for the duration that you're studying for boards, get off social media. It's just really bad on your mental health. Um, Number two, just find some sort of like support system, whether it's friends, um, family, or another person that you know is going through a similar experience. I actually ended up meeting a pen pal through my, um, or through the OT exam page, I think. And someone posted like, oh, I'm struggling. Like I struggled, like reach out. And I just took a leap of faith and like reached out to that person. Yeah. (laughs) 
we're actually still friends till this day. And she actually comforted, comforted me through the experience. And um, I met her also because we did pass the OT together on one of our attempts and through the page. And that's actually how I found the OT Helpline podcast. And she's like, oh, you should check out this podcast. It's helped with my mental health. And then here I am. And I'm like, oh, hey, Alex, like, what's up? <laughs> that's awesome. So this, this yeah. pen pal thing, like, is it like an app or how did you guys kind of communicate or how did that work? Oh, no. So we, we just connected on Facebook and then from oh, there okay. kind of gave me her, her phone number and she's like, please feel free to like text me if you need to like just vent or if I can help you in any other way. And she actually took the time to Zoom with me one evening and show me how she broke down questions. And wow. she really, so she, she's so sweet and I'm thankful I met her. We're now like social media friends <laughs> and I was yeah. like, I'll meet you at a OT conference or something, but she's from the East coast, but very sweet um, girl. And I'm glad I connected with her. We're buddies now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, the, the good thing about your experience too, was that you get to meet someone and you kind of connected with her and you had that support system in place. And I think some people don't, some people don't have that support system. Right. Or, or they maybe have families that would kind of pressure them to take the exam and oh, yes. don't really understand how difficult the test could be. So it's good that you had that that support because yes. that's something that's very important for sure. Now, you spoke about the resources with studying for the exam, like how you kind of had to find your style of learning. How did you achieve that goal? Because I know there's a whole bunch of resources out there for this exam, but what what did you do to kind of not feel so overwhelmed by all those resources? The ones that I found most helpful was the MBCOT study pack, um, AOTA, True Learn. It's called Occupational Therapy Exam Review Book, which I've heard is an updated version of the Purple Book. Yeah. Um, as well as as much as people get intimidated by the therapy ed book, it's it's very helpful in increments to like kind of tell you what information you need to know and if I needed further clarification, I know a lot of people don't do it. I looked at Pedretti and K. Smith because when it comes to the board exam, those textbooks haunt you, everyone. <laughs> so yeah. if you're trying to like run away from them, they they come back to haunt you, unfortunately. And I felt like sometimes therapy ed, it, it had the main concepts, but if I didn't fully understand it in the therapy ed book, then I would read it or I would watch um, some podcasts, like I use OT exam prepper. Um, I used OT dude. I used uh, this one podcast on Spotify. It's called like the daily occupation. And then in terms of YouTube, I used OT Mary, of course, and then OT Rex and OT dude. And these three uh, YouTubers are really good at breaking down or make simplifying concepts. So that was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it does because it's just so many resources out there that it, it can be very overwhelming like for me what i did was i tried to focus on the on the textbooks and try to take some notes down based right. on the things that i would get wrong so right. yeah i think that's a that's a really good approach to take so trying to condense that information because there's a whole lot of information and yeah. it's something as you probably know when you go into the exam it's like your your mind goes blank a little bit <laughs> it's oh, like definitely and my biggest piece of advice is don't do the nitty gritty as much as there's details to some of the concepts, like really think big picture, 
when it comes to these diagnoses, because it, from there you can use your clinical reasoning skills and then work through a question, I think. Right. Now you, now you struggled with the exam and how did you kind of stay motivated? Because I think, I think there's been a lot of people out there that I've, that I've met that kind of struggled and feel like they're never going to pass this exam. So what would you be, what would be your advice to those who kind of are kind of struggling and, and what did you do to kind of give yourself that motivation to keep going? Yes, I, I personally struggled. I was personally in a cycle of what if, what if I fail again? What if I have to go through this whole process again? So to disclaim, I, I did have to take my board exam four times and to stay motivated, I remembered how far I came, just remembering your why, like, why did you want to be an OT in the first place and how far you come? You know, you need to realize that. And I think just like positive affirmations, I tell myself, I even had this app on um, my iPhone, it's called I Am, and it gives you a positive affirmation. Like you can set how many positive affirmations to tell yourself. And that really helped with like the confidence building. I also meditated I did my favorite occupation. So I like to hike and dance. So those were like two things and just spending time with family or just watching Netflix, you know, like you can't sit and study for a long period of time, guys, you kind of have to determine for yourself, like, am I being like, is this efficient, you know, because that was one of my biggest mistakes was the first two times I was just like, oh, I don't know anything. Like, we're just going to study everything, like really focus on weaknesses or areas of improvement and just like try to hone into that and make sure you're efficient because no one can sit for more than a certain amount of time to study without it being efficient. So I mean, I personally, this is really bad. I would sit for like, or I would study for six days a week and like six hours a day. And I took minimal breaks. I had no occupational balance my first two times. That's the worst mistake. It wasn't until my third and fourth time where I got more occupational balance. And it was my fourth time. My fourth time, I did only five days a week four hours a day. That's it. So I knew I had to focus and be efficient during those four hours. My third one was kind of like a middle point where I was still trying to figure it out. But that's definitely something I I advise people do. And lastly, make a vision board. If I know it sounds silly, but like on my laptop, I had like a picture of me when I got hooded at my graduation and then like some inspirational OT like quotes and stuff or like memes. And I put my credentials, OTD, OTRL, that OTRL part, like that is what you're working for. So it kind of acted like a motivation for, for me. And I, I think those are key things that I did to stay motivated. And also like when I failed my third time, that crushed me to the core because it's kind of like, why am I not passing? Like, what am I doing wrong? You know? And like, it made me think like, maybe I'm just a failure disappointment. Like, what am I doing? You know? And then like, thank God for my mother. My mother made me realize that, you know, it's okay. Like you're not a failure. You made it like this far 
and just made me realize to let go of other people's expectations and timelines of you. Like you didn't become an occupational therapist for others. You became an occupational therapist for yourself. So let go of everyone's expectations and don't let anyone else influence you, especially that retake piece. Like only schedule it to when you feel ready. There's no shame of pushing back your test date because it's not worth it to go in there and not feel ready. It's really a mental game. And another thing is, again, like I said, remember your why, remember how far you come. Um, You know, I remembered all the things that I overcame in my past. And, you know, I, I have a learning disability. So overcoming my challenges throughout my education since I was young, like growing up with a disability, you know, only being one of two doctors in my family, graduating with a postdoctorate degree, you know, like not everyone gets this far. And another thing is, you know, I think of my OT journey of, you know, I didn't make it into OT school until my second time. And also throughout my journey, I struggled very hard in OT school. Like I'm not a good test taker. I almost even like I was in, I guess, remediation when I took neuro And I almost, in a way, wasn't in a good academic status my second semester. So I was like, if I can overcome all these things and like I had to retake some competencies for something, but that doesn't define what kind of clinician I will be. So just thinking about how far I've come and everything I've overcome, like I can overcome this as well, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, those are, that was, that's powerful because I think a lot of times when people fill the exam, they feel like, they're a failure because they compare themselves to other people and, and the, and, you know, the people that they usually compare themselves to with their classmates, right? If they passed and you right. didn't, now you're kind of like, well, I don't think I'm good enough, especially if you've taken in more than once. Right. And so there's that little doubt that creeps in that makes you feel like, mm, I don't know if I'm meant to be a therapist. Maybe this is a sign that maybe that's not for me. And you right. start digging into that rabbit hole and start to get out. So I think it's, really spot on what you said about trying to remind yourself of everything you've accomplished to get where you're at. Because I think a lot of times people don't, people just focus on the main problem that's in front of them and and they don't really focus on what they've accomplished to get where they're at, which is really, really difficult, I'm sure. And and you've been through a lot, right? Academically speaking and and with the learning disability, yet you managed to to kind of push through and, and, and eventually pass this exam. So that's very powerful. It's very powerful and very motivating. And, and heck, that's even, you know, motivating me, right? Hearing your story motivates me. So that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Oh, and I was going to also add like mentally, like I had some stuff going on with my own personal health and my father also was not doing well. Actually, my first and my second time, I would say my first time, I just didn't give myself enough time to prep. My second time, I did the mistake of basically studying everything. And then when it came to my test day, I didn't sleep well the night before. And I was not in a good place. I was like, Oh, my God, what if I fail again? Like, Oh, my goodness, like, it was the negative self talk. And so much anxiety that, you know, I, I failed that time. And then my third time was tough, because even though I was ready, my I wasn't really in a good mental place. Because before the holidays, one of my uncles got in a car accident where they like, were in an accident and they like went off a what 200 foot cliff or something and he rolled seven times so he was in the hospital and then the week after that my own father got rushed to the ER due to an almost heart attack and almost passed so 
that happened the weekend before my third attempt. So that was just, I was not in a good mental place, but in my head, I was like, I've worked so hard. I want to at least try before the end of the year, you know? So I did that and I realized, I mean, the good thing is like every time my score was improving, but that third time I was just 10 points away from the passing score. And so that like crushed me to the core and everything. And I kind of had to reflect a little bit, but really my big, another big piece of advice I have for people is make sure you're mentally ready to go back in there. You know, like, like I said, there's no shame of rescheduling that exam. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're, that's so true. I think a lot of times people are so wanting to schedule the exam super fast. Like, Oh, I felt it. Let me just take it within three weeks and this should be fine. Mm -hmm. That if we get to realize it kind of take a step back and kind of be like, all right, let's, let's weigh our options here. Right. Let's, let's kind of take a step back and process everything that's going on and, and realize that it's not, it's not a competition. You're not trying to beat one person versus the other. You're not trying no. to take the test earlier than someone else is. It's, this is your journey and you got to focus on what's best for you. So when you're scheduling an exam, I agree make sure that you're mentally good in a good state and just mentally in general because otherwise like you went through a lot with your family and it's gonna affect you whether you like it or not to some degree it's right. in the back of your head so i think a lot of times people need to kind of take a step back and realize that hey you know it's not a race you just take your time and if you need to reschedule you reschedule and if not then you take it but right. i think that's that's very important everything that you mentioned um i did want to ask you what would be your the last, if there's one final piece of advice that you would want to ask someone or, you know, tell someone, what would that be? What would be your last final piece of advice for people? Give yourself grace, I think is the biggest thing during this process because people, people get hard on themselves, especially when it comes to like a study schedule. They're like, okay, well, if I don't do this many topics or get to this point, I'm not being successful in my studying plan. So give yourself gaze, give yourself rest breaks. You know, your brain is working so hard, like give it some rest, give it rest breaks, give yourself that occupational balance. Don't forget to do that because through this experience, I've learned that really life never stops no matter what. And that's going to happen as a clinician as well. And it's just prepping you to how to like do that occupational balance as a practitioner as well and still be good to do your job you know if that makes sense yeah totally does i think that's very important very important grace yeah. very important to to keep in mind because most people don't especially with this exam they're just so stressed about it, just passing it so i totally get it where can people find you um and as far as if they have any questions do you have anything that um where they can find you if in case they need something sure um i actually started an ot page on instagram you can reach me at the five six seven eight underscore ot so i'm a dancer so that's where that username came from but if you have any questions or any follow-up from this podcast um you can reach me there i i like to share about some of my passions and my journey and just the OT profession on that page. So I hope it's very helpful to others. And just, I want to remind people that you're not alone in this process and this doesn't define who you are going to be as a clinician and you can do this. You just have to believe that you can and hang in there. So I have faith in all of you. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Absolutely. Yeah. We just want to make sure that everyone feels like they, they have a chance, they have a shot because they do. It's just a matter of 
really honing in on yourself and realizing that you have what it takes. So I'm glad that they had a chance to hear you out and, and hear your story and what you have to go through just to get this, this test out of the way. And, and now look at you, you passed. So now it's just a matter of working and getting into that profession and making a difference in people's lives. So um, it was, it was really a pleasure to talk to you. And I really hope that this podcast episode inspires others and makes them realize that they have what it takes. So yeah. thank you so much, Casey. All right. Thank you so much for having me again. It's, a, it's been a pleasure and best of luck, everyone. <laughs>